Alrighty, so we have a um, couple special guests here today. Uh, we got Sergeant Belcher, and we've got, uh, D- is it Dilberto? Dilberto. Dilberto. All right, thanks you guys for being here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of just like your story and um, what's going on currently in the um, recruiting game and kind of what you guys got going on and anything else you want to talk about today. So first off, thank you guys for being here. Well, thank you so much, Shane, for having us. Awesome, man. It's an honor to be able to be here. Love Sierra Vista. I've been recruiting out of here for close to four years. Been in the National Guard for 12, recruiting eight years, and I'm a station commander now in the Southwest. So, you know, it's it's neat to be able to get out there and kind of in this type of setting to be able to answer any questions that people might have for recruiting because I didn't come from a military family, and I respect the military, respect my country, but I didn't know what the lifestyle would be and it was actually my wife that asked me to go ahead and join the military. It was during the recession back in 2008 when I joined. Um, I uh, graduated from high school, wanted to be a chiropractor. And then uh, I went and served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Went there for two years in the Dominican Republic. Came back speaking Spanish. Became a UPS supervisor. Nice. And uh, I was an investment agent. And then the recession happened in 2008, and I became a security guard. And I was looking and seeing what, what could I do with, with my life. I had two kids and my wife. and So we joined. Um, I went to basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina back in 2008. We went to Fort Gordon, Georgia as a 25 Quebec, which is communications. Mm-hmm. As soon after I got back from my training, I went to Afghanistan. I volunteered to go on my contract for the first two years. It said college first. And I saw my, my friends, my loved ones in my unit going to go to Afghanistan and I was going to be staying home so I waved that off so I could go over there. Served as a team leader over there. I worked with, worked with the Romanian army um, while providing encrypted communications for them. Then I came back home and the National Guard's part-time and I worked with special forces for a little bit. I'm not special forces myself mm-hmm. but I was looking at going into special forces and I sat down with my wife and I talked with her and said, you know, special forces is, you know, Close to nine months out of the year, you're out of the house. Right. And as I was about to go to the recruiter and, and look into that as an 18 x-ray, that's the code that they have for special forces. My wife was in tears, and she said, you know, I, we love the military and want to support you, but I want you also to be a part of our family, too. Definitely. And so that's why I went over to my recruiter that recruited me with the National Guard, and I asked, hey, could I be a recruiter? And the rest is history. I've been fortunate to be very successful in recruiting. Um, I'm considered a, a Chiefs 54, director, Director's 54 winner. That's the top in the state in recruiting. I've led that for five years. I was fortunate to earn it once during that, that time and always in the running for it. And it uh, really changed my life to be able to help other people, how it's changed my life now today. I have my own business. I have a restaurant. Nice. What's the restaurant? It's called Vitality Bowls. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We work together yeah. on it, too. Yep. The Superfood Cafe, I, I opened that up so I could give my recruits that are doing this part-time, a part-time job while they're going to school. That's awesome. Because the National Guard covers 100% tuition up to any state college here. So, And it goes, in my understanding, is all the way up to a doctorate in some fields. So you can, as long as you're with the part, uh, doing the National Guard part-time and you're in good standing, so you maintain your height and weight, you pass a physical fitness test, and you show up to that one-week-a-month drill, and you're willing to go and deploy and, and do those kinds of things because, well, then you're in good standing. But the National Guard, we're here, I always joke and tease, we're here for Godzilla and zombies. Okay. 
Like, we're here for natural disasters, for those sure. kinds of things. We're state militia, and our commander-in-chief is the governor of the state. And so, at this time, Governor Sislak is our governor. And if we were to have something here in Vegas or in Nevada or in like outlying states next to us, like back in the day during Hurricane Katrina, we were called out to Louisiana to help them out. So that's our main focus in the National Guard is as a state militia to help the community and go from that point. And because of that, they offer the state benefit of going to school pretty much for free. Now nothing's free. Sweat, time, tears. Of course. Are going to be put into that. But the training that I've earned and learned from the National Guard, I mean, I just went and looked at my college transcripts for the military, and it transferred to 117 college credits, which That's is just barely under yeah. a bachelor's degree. Yeah. And I'm using um, how we're both state and federal, we get federal benefits too. So similar to the reserve components, they get federal tuition assistance. It's 4500 to $4,000 a year, plus a GI Bill, which is right now about 392 I believe. Every year it changes mm -hmm. per month. And the GI Bill is good for 36 months. Three years is good. It doesn't really fulfill a full bachelor's degree. But with the complementing the tuition waiver with the GI Bill, and the federal tuition assistance, yeah, it makes it to where you can pursue different degree options. And we don't tell our National Guard soldiers what do you want to pursue. They can go ahead. If it's offered there, associates and bachelor's degrees, we pretty much cover everything. And then for master's and doctor's degrees, it becomes more specific. And that's where gotcha. we go from there. Awesome. Well, that, there was a, a, a lot to go there. And it doesn't surprise me that you're so successful just because it's been so easy to work with you on everything we worked with. Um, and you made a huge impact here, and that—that's—I think that's the most important thing that gets overlooked in a lot of um, careers beyond just—I mean, from from mine to yours—is just building that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's so much easier to approach you and talk to you about a career in the military um, when they already have a relationship with you and they've seen you around, and you're so personable and easy to talk to. So that's 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 not surprising to me at all. Uh, so do you think the recruiting aspect is probably? your most enjoyable part of, of, of your career so far? or You know, I, I truly enjoy recruiting. I also miss being back in a line unit and being able to be um, what I did before in communications and in other aspects, what we call a line unit kind of group. Gotcha. So I sometimes I consider being recruiting as like a glorified salesperson to an extent. Yeah. I've served. I, I only, on paper, I have three deployments. I only consider one Afghanistan, but I've been mm -hmm. to South Korea and the Philippines as well for three weeks. That was more of a vacation than anything. Right. But, you know, it's a good spot for me being in recruiting because it changed my life from being a security guard back during the recession to being a successful business owner. And I enjoy taking what I have as well as with others to be able to help them build that foundation for what their dream is what they want to be. Now, a lot of times people think that when you join the military, you're signing a dotted line and you're signing all your freedoms away. Yeah, there are some freedoms that we have to put on the side, for example, right. with politics and stuff like that. You can't ask me, who who do you, as a military person, who do I go for? Okay? Right. We can't talk about that, okay? But there are a lot of freedoms that we still have and we enjoy. And they say, you signed the dotted line, you signed your life away. Yeah, I mean, we can give, our, uh, give up our lives for what we believe in, absolutely. For sure. But I feel that for me personally, I would rather be remembered than just having my name on a tombstone. Absolutely. And so then the military and the National Guard in general has given me the opportunity and foundation to do something more with myself and the people around me to influence for common good. Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's um 
a little bit about my background. I was a I got my degree in finance, and I was planning on going to that industry in 2007, mm-hmm. and that's when I graduated. And again, kind of the same thing, had that that wake up call, and it ended up being for the best because that's really not the kind of fulfillment that I wanted. I didn't really want to be calling people about buying life insurance. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not really the fit for my personality. I'd much rather be working with people on helping them develop and helping teaching them skills that they can use in the real world. And part of the reason why we started this program is to kind of connect the dots that isn't in the current curriculum um, at our schools. Like they don't really teach us much about how to go out there and adapt to the new economy. And those skills are super important. And the life skills that you guys teach in the military too, I mean, I got a, a few of those from playing football, but again, in a small, a small portion of that, like I, the discipline and the camaraderie and the teamwork and the commitment, it, it builds such strong character. And I could see how a lot of that has been formed uh, through what you've done and that's awesome. So what are your biggest obstacles you feel like in, in recruiting currently? One of the big obstacles we have is finding people that are qualified. Yeah. Passing the ASVAB, the written exam. Right now in Clark County School District, the average that I've seen in a few years is roughly around the 36. Gotcha. So, okay, you need 31 or above to be able, it goes all the way up to 99 on the overall. But, yeah, 36 is on the average. And a lot of a lot of kids come in and they don't get that 31. They get below that. Mm-hmm. And so we try to give them resources and things. We can't coach or train or tutor them for the ASVAB. Personally, as recruiters, there's a conflict of interest. I get that. But we can give them resources to be able to go and, and test and do that thing. And some of them, they're just like, you know what? Maybe I'm just not smart enough. And I try to have them reconsider where they can take. You can take the ASVAB. It, after the first time, if you don't pass, you have to wait 30 days. You can take it a second time. You have to wait 30 days. After the third time, you have to wait six months Gotcha. to do it again. So, And there's so many different resources out there that you can see they have um, phone apps they have all different kinds of resources and I can't really go on the air and say I validate this one or I go for this one kind of thing but there's many different resources that you can use right there's a lot of I think saying there's a lot of valuable resources is is probably sufficient and then just leading them to multiple options yeah for sure um I think that testing stuff is something that we both kind of face um, a similar dilemma because we do have a lot of kids here too that they, Nevada pays for the uh, ACT mm-hmm. and a lot of kids just bubble in numbers and bubble in letters and they don't really take it that seriously when the reality is if you get a score, I think it's 31 as well actually, mm-hmm. uh, it guarantees you financial aid of $10,000 a year to be able to go to any of the state schools here in Nevada. So there is a lot of incentive and standardized testing is tough because mm-hmm. it is written by a certain kind of person with a certain way of writing things. And it doesn't really necessarily match the way some of the kids in different communities view the world and how they, how they're able to take those tests. So I think if we can kind of help bypass the idea that it's an intelligence test and more of it being a understanding the skills of taking the test, it would be super helpful too. So, I mean, I, we get that same thing too as far as not thinking they're smart because of it. But the reality is it doesn't test your intelligence per se. It tests your ability to take a test and to understand those things. So there's not a more fiscally responsible way to measure that on a big scale. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we see any kind of change in that in the near future. But, yeah, I think I think the, the coaching from a 
just a moral point of view is huge too that that you're doing. So that's awesome. With the, we've had kids that get like a six or seven on the ASVAB, but then they invest their time into these resources and they come back with like a sixty or seventy. That's awesome. And it, it's very rare, but it happens. And so they can definitely, when they get that six or seven, they fine tune the math aspect, like the percentages, fractions, those kinds of things. And then they can utilize that, build a foundation, and get a much higher score. And, you know, we have opportunities. You get 31 to get in, but if you get a 50 or above, there might be, like, some bonuses, like $20,000 gotcha. sign-on bonus, different things based on certain jobs and specialties that we have with the military. For sure. So there's, other, there's extra incentive to even do better than just the, the passing score. Absolutely. And For then, sure. And another thing to answer your question, another thing is usually their height and weight. A lot of times you have to be within a certain height and weight standard. And there are a lot, of, a lot of kids that come into our offices that they need to either gain weight. I ran into a lot of that last year where they had to gain like eight, nine pounds. They're, they were too skinny. Yeah. And there's some kids who are they're overweight past that threshold, and they think they can go ahead and get in and then lose their weight afterwards. There was. There was a, what they called the pork chop platoon in basic training like 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. They don't have that anymore for right now. But So we have to get them, and we have some people that – in our, my actually recruiting office that we have nutrition, he's taking, he has his degree in nutrition. And so I've sat down with people and say, hey, what are you eating now? What, are you, what is your daily routine? Let's go ahead and change this up a little bit. Okay, you come back in. I had a young man that lost 36 pounds in two months. I don't recommend that. No. No, definitely not. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, there's definitely a right way and wrong way for sure. And um, I, I've had personal experience and also like a, some people that are close by have some similar experiences. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit on another thing that kids are not as informed on is, is nutrition. And mm-hmm. uh, that kind of leads into what we, we talked about a little bit um, off the air before we had this conversation is that the special forces side of things mm-hmm. is I know that, and I, again, this kind of goes back to, I learned about this on, on Rogan's podcast as well, is that special forces has been having a tough time getting people that, because obviously the standards are a little bit higher for those programs um, on both side, both the, the mental and the physical side. So do you think there's a, because a, a, obviously things you're talking about, they may be affecting your recruitment, but I think it's not just a recruitment military base. It's kind of a, a broad issue um, that we're seeing in education and that we're seeing in like physical fitness and things that are going to stem a lot of problems for, for youth later on. Do you think there's like any kind of collaborative effort that we could partner up like school-wide that would that would help both those things i know that there are several states like hawaii and other locations where let's say they're high school dropouts something like that they would get them into a camp type environment and both physically make them more physically fit as well as prepare them academically to make sure they get their high school diploma and also for the act and those kinds of things for sure we don't have the state in Nevada right now there's been talks back and forth i'm where I'm at, I'm kind of in, in the middle, so I don't get to hear everything that's there, but we're I get that. to try to and get some things going on. But there's been word, and a lot of it's based on financing and locations and those kinds of things, but I think it'd be awesome in the future to be able to do that again. Yeah, I think there's definitely something that we could probably look at doing even on a, on a smaller scale at the school-based side of getting kids at least informed about a little about nutrition, a little bit about, like, because, I mean, it's nice to make it a bigger program, mm-hmm. but sometimes just the basic knowledge of understanding like the simplest levels of like what kind of food you're eating and that not every calorie is the same as another calorie and the fact that 
your cells are literally made of what you put into your mouth. Like, like they got to start understanding that, that those choices, they add up and they affect, like you can use tons of examples. My family has a ton of examples of people with health issues mm-hmm. that have just stacked on these things over and over again. So I think, I think there is definitely opportunity for, since it's a problem that we both share, that we could probably look at, and I could talk to to Anzalone about maybe trying to start something here. That'd be great. And then the tutoring side of it too, for the aspect. I mean, and I'm sure there's some parallels between your test and the ACT, mm-hmm. skill-wise, that um, that would help kids for both. So they say that if you triple the score of the ACT, that will justify what the ASVAB score is. So if you get like a 25 on the ACT, you get a 75 on the ASVAB. Gotcha. So that's what they're. The calculation that we have is an urban legend, kind of within recruiters. Yeah, that, that. that seems a little a little bit probably on the on the generous side, given what our ACT scores are. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. I mean, I am too, 100. percent You know, whatever we can do, we have a lot of resources. Um, when it comes down to the ASVAB, again, we can give those resources. We won't be able to like tutor or coach in that part, but when doing the ACT side, absolutely, we can help on that side and help in those regards. And with the physical fitness program, I've tried to uh, go ahead and do like workout sessions down here. For sure. We have one of my recruiters is gonna go to drill sergeant school. We already met with uh, another drill sergeant from last week that we had at the assembly. And I'm sure that they're more than willing to come and show different things that we can teach and possibly certify other kids how to be able to do proper workouts and those kinds of things. Definitely. And I'm, I'm 100% open for that. I, I enjoy the relationship we have in Sierra Vista and, we're trained and they spend lots of tax dollars for our training for this experience. And yeah, it, it's a win-win for us because we get out more with the kids right? and with our target audience as recruiting. So we're not doing it on our free time. Right? No, for sure. Because we're on the clock. But at the same time, we'll find those interested people and be able to help the community. I think it's a win-win for both. Definitely. And even though it may not seem like kids really want to be physically active all the time, when you start giving them things that are fun related to it, you mm-hmm. see the response. And yes. like I told you, like people talked about, I already had somebody that went down and paid for his uh, ticket a little bit later um, because of a situation that came up. And the one thing he brought up, he's like, man, I loved, I love punching that, that, that army punching bag so much. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that kids like, they like the physical stuff. They just have to be reminded of it a little bit. And it takes kind of breaking that habit of, um, playing video games or whatever else that you do all the time just to, to remember how much more fun it is to do something physical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I can definitely talk to to Anzone and to, obviously, both the gentleman next door and um, with leadership, too. I mean, there, there's a lot of overlaps that, skill set-wise, that if you're helping out with it and you get recruits out of it, that's awesome. And if you're helping me out and it's teaching them leadership and fitness and skills for the real world, that's, I mean, it's a win-win across the board. And it's just nice to, to work with like-minded people that see, like intrinsic value in working on something together. I agree, for sure. Um, so, are there any kind of misconceptions that you feel are out there that you would like to address in this like long-winded format that would? I know we've talked about a few in the past that some people might be confused on as far as like what programs do what and what what values is where and like as far as whether it's GI Bill related or anything else. They're, you know, the military, we know about the military. We see from movies to the news to different aspects. We have family relatives that are in the military. We have some, again, my family, I, I didn't have anybody to kind of rely on from that point. And yeah, 
misconceptions happen sure. a lot. There are times where I'm in, in the school doing presentations, which we're grateful to be able to do, and the kids are excited to join, the students, but then they go home and their parents get very worried right, <laughs> about joining. One thing that's exclusive for the Nevada Army National Guard, as I mentioned before, is 100% tuition waiver and be able to combine the federal benefits together to make that thing work. There's a misconception out there that there are other components that they claim that they have the same benefit, but it's not to the same magnitude that we have. So if you're looking at joining the military, make sure you use this resource called Google to go out there. Never heard of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> to really look into the benefits and opportunities that are out there. Yes, we're in uniform. And yes, we work on integrity. But I'll tell you that there's sometimes that recruiters are put under a lot of pressure to get people in to where they kind of forget that integrity. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to happen anywhere, especially when you have that kind, of, mm -hmm. that kind of pressure on you. And so you want to make sure that you do your research on everything that's there. Definitely. Everything's black and white. It's clear. With the age that we're in now, we're having so many resources at our fingertips, it's all there. Even speaking with me. Now, I find myself, I give people the challenge, if you can find me ever not having integrity, I'll give you $100, okay? Because I'm, I'm very well versed with the benefits that we have. And if I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you I don't know the answer, but let's go find it together. No, for sure. That's that's huge, too. That That's that's such a value. I mean, again, in the classroom, same thing. If I get stumped with a question, like something came up uh, last year where we were dealing with uh, three-dimensional shapes, and the question was, how many planes and sides does a sphere have mm -hmm. is it one is it zero is it infinity and i'm like <laughs> i don't know that's a good question so we looked it up and there was actually a big mathematical debate whether it's um zero or infinity mm -hmm. depending on if you're talking about a theoretical sphere that doesn't exist or an actual sphere which would have many many sides mm -hmm. so i think that's huge and that especially with the youth because mm -hmm. it shows them that you're human it shows them that you're valuable and like, that you can make mistakes and you don't know everything and that makes it a lot more relatable and especially for the kids too for sure it's a, it's a big decision to join the military it really changed my life and before you sign that dotted line you want to make sure you have as much information as you can definitely don't just get it from hearsay from your grandmother's grandfather's uncle's aunt's parakeet saying it was this way go and actually use those resources that are there you're never going to have a hundred percent warm and fuzzy about making big decisions like this. No, for sure. But as long as you have as much factual information in front of you based on questions that you have and you find someone that you can trust to help you go along that side that way, then it'll work out. No, and, anyway. and then it's awesome that you've been able to maintain that uh, family life balance too. And that's cool that you can make a decision and it was supported by, by everyone that you're able to be here. Because you're right, that's nine months away is a lot. And we actually, um, we have a friend now that's, uh, that's moving and they have to go over their, their puppy, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, moving with the family and she's joining the military and again, big decision, mm -hmm. moving the kids. Um, so I think that's huge having that, that balance, especially when it's coming later on in life. When you're 18, it's a lot easier to make a decision for you mm -hmm. when it's not impacting everybody else around you. So that's awesome. I'm glad you made that decision given that you ended up here with us. So any other um, any other big things that you would like to like to address or I'm I'm excited to have the mic and be able to, to talk. I'm usually a recruiter is always well winded and likes to talk about a whole bunch of things. 
uh, I'm just honored to be here, part of Sierra Vista, and I'm, I look forward to the future that we have and to be able to build more relationships and be able to help more people. I don't know, honestly, I don't know how much longer I'm being recruiting. I, I hope I have at least 10 more years before I retire, and it could be considered the next 10 years I'm in recruiting. I don't think that's a bad thing, but I know I have a lot of other opportunities and doors opening up for me. So opening more businesses, helping others. So I just want to continue to learn, get more skills, helping people, getting known through networking. And I think this is a great um, stage and opportunity to, again, win-win for everybody. So thank Definitely. you for letting us come. Of course. So what else can I do to help you out? I mean, is there... Is there information I can keep in my room that you think that'd be easy to reach you, like as far as like making it readily available? I mean, I know most of my kids know you at this point. Um, obviously, student council does too. And then you did the leadership lesson across um, with student council. Would you be interested in doing that with my music program as well in the future? Absolutely. We can. I'll do that lesson. We can do some activities as well. Kind of get there, like kind of like punching machine, but just different other fun activities for leadership. Absolutely. And you can go, you can go a little tougher on them too. I think uh, we kind of let Stuco get away with some, with um, yes, breaking some, breaking do. some of the rules. We did, so I can, and I have no problem. I can come back over to Stuco too, and we can do some even more leadership yep. training inside there, and and bring over to the music music group. Yeah, because I, mean, I think that's that's again that's a huge aspect of it. And we um we went to a zone conference for student council like a couple weeks ago, and they did a lot of a lot of similar like icebreaker slash like leadership games that, that they were bringing in there. And instantly when I saw them doing it, like it just brought me back to whenever you did yours. They had one where they did like this uh, called like turtles where like they put like a board on the floor. Mm-hmm. And if you don't put key pressure on the board, then the turtle swims away. Uh-huh. Um, so it's very, very kind of similar idea um, okay. to what you do. So you pick up one behind you and then, they forget about the ones at the end and they run out of space or whatever else. And they did a jump rope one where everybody in the, so you can't, the jump rope can't stop and everyone in the council has to jump through the rope, hmm. including the people that are holding the rope. So okay. that one's another good one. There's, there's a few fun ones. That I'm like, okay, these are, these are clever and they might take an entire class period to, uh, to accomplish. But I think the struggle is important. I think we forget. And I think, probably as guilty as anybody else's teachers we, we want to like help them get there to whatever it is that that place may be whether it be leadership or calculus or trig or whatever it happens to be that we sometimes coddle a little too much and forget how important the struggle is to get to something and I see kids all the time in my class like they're waiting for me to write down the problem on the board and I'm like listen mm-hmm. like you have to get mad and you have to mess up and you have to make mistakes because you'll, you'll remember it because you have emotional attachment to it. And that part is, is so valuable. Like failure is valuable. And I think we are so often avoiding skipping that step that we forget that it takes time and, and learning how to do that's huge. So I agree, you know, with, um, we go through that process initiate like the initial training, basic training. And that's, that's exactly what we do. I know a lot of people are nervous about basic training when they hear about it. Like, for me, I don't like running. I never liked running. I'm not a fan either. And Throwing weights around is fun, but yeah. Yeah. It came, I had to change my mindset. I'm like, I'm getting paid to run. Okay, got it. I'm getting paid to run. Got it. Yeah, that, that's... And through basic training, you have three phases called red, white, and blue phase. So the red phase is where you kind of see the movies where they yell, scream, call them names. I mean, I heard words I never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> Come from the drill sergeants. Okay. And... 
those first three weeks, it's kind of an integration to get everybody to know that, you know, racism unfortunately exists, sexism exists, those kind of things exist. But when we recruit people, we're not talking about their character, we're talking about their medical, and we're talking about their criminal background. Right. If everything's good there, they're in. But now you get into basic training, you have people from all over the country and all over the world, and we got trained to become soldiers, that's where the red face comes in and we break everybody down. Everyone's the exact same. You lose all privileges and pretty much everything. To that extent, you're just, yeah, it's, as they call basic training boot camp yeah. to that scenario, to get everybody to the same level, but then white phase, they start building people back up in the team type events. And then blue phase, they're going and doing war games and those kinds of things. It, it makes it to where it's unified and unity. Now, the hardest part isn't the physical aspect or those things. It's dealing with people. It's the drama that's created by stress. Yeah, for sure. As we see people, they run into that stress. How do they respond? Do they create more stress? Do they resolve it from that point? How do people around them bring them together? So I'm on the same page as you. As we need to have that stress factor, uh, um, factor to be able to help others to grow. And I, I think my my best successes were after my biggest failures. 100%. Yeah, I, I had a I had a rough patch in my life where I think it was worse for me because I'd done pretty well with not as much effort as I had to. Like I was I did pretty well in football and I didn't put as much effort, which unfortunately I wish I would have now. And then same thing with school, like I pretty much did pretty well without putting in that much effort. And then I hit a point where like divorced, crash car, failed the practice test to be able to get my teaching credential and I was like, "Whoa." So, but you're right, even though that was probably a really rough patch in my life, that failure changed who I was completely and in the long run made me a much more understanding, caring, um, empathetic, and calm person. Like, I don't, things don't really bother me unless it's something severe. Um, and you're right, it's the people aspect for sure. And that's why people talk about teaching, like, like, like oh, you get this time off. I'm like, yeah. If we didn't, emotionally, we would be worthless because it's it's the reset. And mm-hmm. that's what I realized once I got into this. Like, it's like physically, it's, I guess, my position. But physically as a whole, teaching isn't that exhausting. But mentally, just the emotion of caring for 200 kids when you know as soon as they leave your doors, like, are they going to eat tonight? Are they going to have somewhere to go? Do they Are they homeless? Like... Is there a foster situation where they're just doing it for the money and barely getting any attention and any kind of resources to the children? Like, there's all that stuff, and that doesn't go away mm-hmm. when you get in your car or your truck and drive away. So, it's definitely the people, and that doesn't just include kids. I've talked to numerous admin, and the hardest part of their job is usually the adults. So, it's, um, you're right, it's definitely, and it's reacting to stress, mm-hmm. and you're 100% right. Like, it's not, it's usually not the kid's fault or the kid's problem. It's a problem that's occurring around them that they're not prepared to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's how they're reacting to stress. And, and yeah, it's, that's definitely the hardest part of, of my job for sure is when all that stuff comes up and it's in the middle of whatever's going on, how, how do you model dealing with stress? Mm-hmm. And you probably feel this way too. Do you feel like you're kind of like on stage when you're recruiting a little bit? Like, not, not, not that you're not being yourself, but, like, you have to be on. Yes. Yeah, I was actually uh, talking earlier with Sergeant Del Barrio about how there's a double standard to an extent. 
might lean in in regards to we need to maintain that professionalism mm -hmm. regardless. I mean, smoking in uniform can be frowned upon. Yeah. Doing, I mean, your language, if it's not PG rated in a, in a high school, even though the students yeah. are not using PG rated language, it's, it's frowned upon. I mean, there's, there's different things that I personally don't swear. Okay. Yeah. I have my missionary background. That's just a choice that I have, but I don't get offended by it. By the same time, when we're in, in schools and those kinds of things, we represent more than just ourselves. For sure. The uniform, it has U.S. Army on the left, and it has our last name on the right, and so we represent our country and our family. So we have to always remember um, who we represent, and we're more, and that's, I think that's the same with teaching, too. No, for sure. Absolutely. And I think the thing with language, too, is understanding its power. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, the ratings and the television and radio can tell you what words you're not supposed to say, yeah. but those words may not be the ones that actually hurt. And there's certain other words that you could use that are going to be painful to people mm -hmm. and understanding like it's, it's a lot about what you're saying, how you're saying it, and who you're saying it about and uh -huh. understanding that that can cause a lot of pain for people that are already mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of pain and stress. I agree. hundred percent agree on that. And yeah, the, and language is very powerful. Now I have definitely sworn before. But when I tell you when that happens, it's kind of like a, a grenade going off. That's when like bullets and rockets and things are going off, and I need people's attention now. You mean you mean le actual legitimate? Yeah. Grenades and, and yeah, okay, that's, that's yeah, figurative or um, literally not figuratively. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and I've yeah I've definitely caught the attention of many people because you know it's not it's out of my character in regards to using that language, but I language is definitely powerful. Hundred percent. Very, very very powerful and. If I need to get someone's attention and they're not getting that attention, that's when that that little lever can be pulled. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll say that uh, the lever gets pulled on my uh, by me every once in a while, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think in going to that, I think just, just talking to each other, because, I mean, obviously you're dealing with recruiting in a, in a really weird political climate, and I'm not going to ask you any questions about that, but... I think just talking to each other and understanding that we have so much more in common mm -hmm. with each other, whether you vote for whomever or whatever, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's unfortunate that the reality is that people and media are painting things so much different than they really are when you sit down and actually talk to people. Because mm -hmm. you can talk to people from any background, religious or political view, and probably get along 90% of the time, and then you see that same person on Twitter and all of a sudden, it's just spewing just absolute hate mm -hmm. on both sides. So I, agree. I think that I think the face-to-face -face stuff is huge because that stuff kind of goes away whenever it's face-to-face -face and you're talking to them, and especially with kids, because a lot of them hopefully are still figuring out what they believe and they're not necessarily indoctrined into like one side or the other. And that's why I like being around teenagers too is because mm -hmm. they're still like figuring it out. And there's mm -hmm. I worked with a lot of people that were adults that – were so set in their ways, it was really hard to mm -hmm. want to um, to want to try to help guide or change as a manager um, when you're dealing with people in their 30s that have already pretty much figured those things out. So mm -hmm. young people are awesome, and I think that uh, understanding that they are they're just less experienced adults, and that they have the full capacity to mm -hmm. to understand the things that we talk about and to to get things is huge and 
I think you have that same perspective from what I'm gathering at. I do. I, I, again, I agree with that. And it's, um, it's neat to be able to work with young men and young women that they may sign that dotted line and they may actually give their lives for what they believe in, but they're, they move forward regardless, even with the fear in their heart. And there are times I'd love to be able to sit down with their parents because the National Guard is very family oriented to where we don't want to, okay, you can wait till you're 18 and you can just join without your parents' consent. We still want them to come down and, and talk to their parents because we're part-time, we're a state militia, you're going to be back with your family right. after you're done with basic training, that kind of stuff. So we want to make sure that they're involved. And that's one of the things I wish sometimes more that parents would come in, would come and talk face-to-face. We, we're in the same boat. Like our back-to-school nights, and uh, there's like 10%, mm-hmm. 20% that show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know when I was in school, it was like 90%. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely the same thing. And I, I, don't, I don't know if it's whether it's Las Vegas or if it's the culture that's changed or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're in the same. But I mean, that's why most of the time I don't really make phone calls home. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I know that I pretty much have to have the conversation with these guys because that's the person that's going to be here and that's the person that's really making the decision. Now, if it's a freshman and they're having a tough time transitioning, mm-hmm. okay. If there's any kind of concern about mental well-being, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to like being responsible for their actions, like they pretty much have to at this point, um, especially when you don't, you don't know what it's going to be like. Um, some of those parent-teacher conferences are pretty wild. Um, so I can only imagine. Yeah. They make, they make things make sense. Um, okay. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's awesome. And uh, as far as as far as me as a resource, because I said it, you've been so generous, and it's we got compliments from people and Dr. Alphonse about the assembly too, with the creative style of like having you guys involved and the games mm-hmm. being so much different than the typical musical chairs. Sorry, Macy. Um, it's our favorite game, um, <laughs> and the ones that we always use, like. It was cool, and obviously we could do a couple things better where we could have the matches between where they come down, they get changed, get prepped, and we could work on that in the future. But I mean, it was such a positive response, and I think, I think changing the culture on like the, the negative, stigmas of of anything mm-hmm. starts by, by just being present and showing face. And I think you're the the perfect perfect person for that, because you're you're so friendly and so nice and so caring and so charismatic that you don't really fit the mold of like what you think like of someone that's going to be speaking to you when you're getting recruited for the military. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's huge. And I think that that really probably works to your advantage. Um, well, thank you. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with your, your upbringing and your background too. And mm-hmm. that's, it's a, it's a really, um, it's a really positive combination for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And we're excited to be able to work more with all of you and hope I can be here for many more years. We'll see as we go. And as I bring more, and more recruiters in here, I use Sierra Vista kind of as a standard to kind of show this is, this is the relationships we want to have in other high schools. For sure, that's and awesome. Go from there, so again, we appreciate the welcome, the welcome that all of you bring us, and we're excited to see where we can go to the next level because I still feel that we have a lot more potential. I do too. That we can reach to. That's kind of why I'm spitballing some ideas right now to kind of get some ideas going and. Um, I think uh, I think anything we want to do, and that's the cool part about being here, as you see, like with our crazy room that we have, mm-hmm. um, creativity and outside the box thinking gets green lighted if it's for the kids and it's for their benefit. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's going to be much pushback, if any, on any ideas that we're trying to do to benefit these kids from a physical or a, 
um, a testing point of view. So, And if there's any concerns, I'm always available. I'll make myself available to kind of sit face-to-face with anyone and, and see where we can meet. Definitely. And go awesome. There. Um, anything else you want to add? I don't know how much time you guys have, so. Oh, we, we greatly appreciate the time. And if there's any other time we can come in here again and, and be able to do, do more, Definitely. But yeah. I would like to, I think the next time I want to hear some more, some more stories for sure. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Cause I know that, um, no matter what branch, like you're going to have, you're going to have some crazy stories. So I can definitely be prepared. Let's see if I can have some more guest speakers come in here too. Definitely. They'll share with theirs. I, I'm very fortunate with the recruiting office that I have and the experiences that every single one of them bring. And I'll bring a few others in here. Awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, schedule another one. This, this has been fun. Okay. Sure. Well, thank you, Shane. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have uh, the follow-up to our uh, conversation here with Sergeant Belcher. And we've got uh, a larger follow-up than usual. We've got um, Senor Perez over here. Um, oh, Senor. Yeah. Quasi-Spanish-speaking um, Quasi. <laughs> Spanish speaking Gibson over here. Uh, we've got Quiet Nick in the chair that might say, Hello. And then um, the usual cam. Uh, Hello, so I'm Nicholas. <laughs> not funny and I'm not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is laughing, though. So, uh, All right. So um, so as far as uh, obviously that's a little bit more outside of our, of our school realm, and we're going to do that a little bit more, too, with some other guests in the future. But what was your, uh, what was your opinions? I mean, it's hard for me to kind of remember what I say at the same time that I'm talking. I have. Um, if I remember correctly, we, uh, the event topic kept coming up so doing events with them would be pretty cool considering we just did one with sadie's with them so they always come show out every time we do have a event together yeah the cool part about working with um with sergeant belcher on events too is that they are completely self-contained like he runs it he's there he's talking to kids and that's part of what he's trying to do and it's it's such a win-win for both programs i mean again same thing at the uh at the tailgate that was huge too i mean people loved the, the same deal tailgate too so if you guys don't know what we're talking about they brought a punching bag th- situation where it would like test your might kind of so people would line up just to do that and there was a they brought footballs for a football game so it was just more like um interaction with people that were a little like awkward with all the other stuff yeah it it really gave things um kids things to do and i think that's the one thing i can say officially about this dance is that there was more things to do than I've ever seen at any dance. Every event. every time that I'd look up, there's kids having fun. I rarely saw kids just sitting down doing nothing. Yeah, They're and if they were, that, that was, it was a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like, hey, we wanted to sit and hang out and talk, and you could go outside to that. If it was quiet, you could go. I mean, it wasn't that that loud in the gym, the main gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, having a conversation back in the the EDM tent was not was happening. Not, <laughs> not happening. It was it not was, happening. It was real loud back there. But um, no, I mean. Yeah, he's he's such a nice dude, um, and so easy to work with, and and so so good to have around kids, and to kind of create those opportunities for kids that don't know what they want to do with their life. And we have a lot of those kids here at at Vista. So, no, as far as the actual podcast itself, I mean, I think I am excited for part two to hear some uh, to hear some yeah, stories. Definitely, um, yeah, story time. Like the leadership, I, that was my biggest question. What happened with the leadership? Oh, in Stuco? Yeah. So. They did a leadership presentation in student council to talk to kind of the kids over there. Um, obviously, he's got a good relationship with Macy, and they've worked well together on, on the last assembly. And then now um, as well, whenever they gave that little speech. So they did a game where you basically 
you get one person that has these boots that are lava resistant and the entire floor from a certain spot to across the room is, is lava, quote unquote. And you only one person can wear the boots at a time. And how do you get your five team, like five person team across? And hop in the boots. You can't. But if you take out the boots, then you hop on one foot. Uh, you can't. The boots have to both be on at the same time. Mm. They do. Yeah. I'll throw them back. You can't throw them back. They get burnt into the. So lava. it's like the bridge dilemma. Kind of. Well, I mean, the easiest way to do it was to just carry. Okay. Yeah. Put your team on your back, dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the easiest way. It was just to carry everybody across. Um, there's other ways you could do it too. But I mean, those. it's funny because we, we did that, that one little, um, that ball bouncing game that we did here, which was real quick and real basic about just kind of like getting to know each other in the beginning classes. And it's funny how those little tiny, like, icebreaker, get to know you, leadership, whatever whatever your, your goal is to accomplish on those little activities, they're super valuable. Like, it's really hard for me to not be project and task-based, but, like, doing those little little leadership games are definitely uh, definitely valuable. I wish I could actually stay here for a whole podcast, but I got to go. It's all right. Oh, man. Bye, Jesus. Every time. Every time. Stuffy nose. Uh, stuffy nose. All right. Take care, take care of those sniffles. Yeah. Go see the sniffles, doctor. I'll make sure I won't. I won't miss your handshake on the way out. I saw. I saw that 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 miss with Nick. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Jesus. I don't know if you this. heard that, but Jesus smacked his elbow on the door frame. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I mean, what, what was I mean as far as like listening to like? Do you feel like you know, it was pretty informative? Like, did you learn something? And what was your what were your thoughts on? <sighs> to be honest with you, I, because I've you know, talked to him in the past, like, my opinion on him is, like, he's an amazing person, like, yeah. his, the way he works to people and the way he talks to people is just an amazing thing, so, just being in the sit-down conversation with him and listening into that was just cool. Yeah, for sure, and I think it's going to start to ex- kind of expand, like, what our, what's this whole thing about, and then I'm obviously really excited for the, for the incomplete one we got coming up with, um, with Alex, to kind of, like, a working, oh, yeah. um, working podcast, working through making a song, and, uh, Again, it, as long as it's something that we can talk about and talk through for a while, I think it's a uh, think it's beneficial. And so, as always, um, if you have any other creative ideas about people that would want to come on here, then we're obviously pretty open minded to. Obviously, we got Dynasty. We still want to do, and oh, then yeah. yeah, that would bring be in Alina. I want to yeah. bring in Alina. Yeah, and Ashley, um, and then any other program we could do too, and then most of our students still want to do this but if you're an SV Beats and you and you listen this far the key is you have to have something that you're trying to talk about and if you don't listen this far then I don't know if you can be on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> little little uh secret easter egg in this podcast the code word is what what's the code word um let's see here egg works egg works egg works so if you say egg works then we know that you're a you're a true listener in a SV Beats program. Nick's just shaking. He's like, this conversation is going nowhere fast. Uh, so, Cam, you got a new track coming out. I'm I ex- do. I'm excited. I do. I'm excited that... Me um, too. It's going to be a really dope track. Yeah, I honestly. think Probably, that's, how, that's how you should use me, man. Use me as like a... Um, like an idea? An idea slash like producer of like things together. Right. Like that's that's kind of where, I mean, obviously we can collab on on other levels too. But as far as like bringing in live elements and stuff like that, I mean, 
it's uh, I'm excited. I think that's gonna be really cool once it's done. It's not gonna be easy. No, but it's definitely gonna be the biggest track of the year. Yeah, most I think so, I think so too. I think it, it already sounds good before adding what we're adding, and once we get the um, the skill set of a very very talented student of ours on there, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be really cool, man. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited actually. Yeah, me too. Because I'm filming promos for it, like when I'm out of town for it. You should um time, like different sceneries. You should um probably get some sort of shot of the guitar solo too. Okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna go, I was gonna go to my hometown and no, like no. film promos for that too. So, but like, and then I can come back here with Ju, and then what you could do too is you can kind of like edit like if he's playing on stage and whatever else, you can kind of edit that in and out of like you. It's like him being on stage with like cool lighting, whatever you yeah. want to do, and then edit back and forth between you and that, like you and your hometown. So I mean, like, because obviously they don't know where that stage is. Yeah. So that's gonna be cool, man. Um, and then obviously we just released our promo video for next year, so. Mm-hmm. Um, show that at the uh, teacher parent meeting in the beginning of the year next year definitely and then also kind of use your uh, piggyback to your <laughs> mild celebrity status over <laughs> at um, at Fest Middle School yeah. we um, I'm gonna get that to the principal soon and then we'll set a date where we can go over there cause they get out wait what time are they out later yeah they get out like 321 325 no way yeah yeah they're super late Fest. they start at 9 yeah, they start super late. Oh, wow. Must yeah. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but it isn't, man. Yeah, because think you, about how late we... All your day goes away. Yeah. Like, you have no day left. You get home and you got to go to sleep. And, like... Because, like, if we stayed three <laughs> hours... <laughs> if we stayed, like, three hours later, we'd be here till six every day. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. But I was That's I was talking to some students over anyways. there. I was talking to some students over there, and they, like, really want a show. Like, they really want, like, an actual show. So I thought that'd be pretty cool to go over there and do something for them um that would be part of it i think it'd be more of a meet and greet um it'd basically be like hey if you're interested in this program next year um the advisor uh mr gibson and cameron Grau, the performer that came uh is going to be available to talk to you if you have any questions so they can kind of come meet us talk to us and then uh their electives have already been picked but they can always change their elective yeah. too so yeah i mean i think that's that's big i mean the good part is that i think we're starting to to be a little bit more aware at our feeder schools because that's that's where it's going to start. I mean, we got to get kids as freshmen, even though, man, sometimes those freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, there's those freshmen that actually do. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, are. Yeah, there, there's good. It's just when there's that many in, a, in one class, it's freshmen are going to fresh. As Mr. Brown. <laughs> as as, as, as Mr. Brown, clear as you could say it. As Mr. Brown said. As Mr. Freshmen fresh. are going to fresh. Yeah. I was like, that's that's. Big time facts right there. <laughs> That's something he would say all the way. Yeah, it is, man. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess our what's our last event going to be? Um, the Vista Vista Voice deal. Yeah, the Vista Voice, and then there's prom, but prom yeah. is just the school yeah. deal. Yeah, it's not really SVB thing. That's more. That's yeah, more. But the Vista Voice is going to be something big. I think we should also get uh, multimedia production in here and they can film the whole thing and broadcast that yeah and i think that'd be pretty cool if they actually broadcasted that and put that on a website so that people like episodes i think they should do it ep- episodes like yeah that'd how be everything cool. else is like the youtube yeah yeah you could do it the like YouTube how as like agt does it like i think they should make their own episodes and i think it'd actually be really successful because what are the schools making the voice yeah the vista voice you can't yeah well it's, you know it's trademarked bro you know <laughs> They're not gonna trademark my words, but yeah, I know. 
I'm just playing. But Vista Voice would yeah. be pretty cool. So I think um, we just got to kind of figure out how many people sign up, format it off that. Do you want to try to align that with the um, with the Spring Assembly? Yeah, I think I think depending on how soon we finish the Vista Voice, I think we should announce the winner at the Spring Assembly. If they could possibly perform too. Yeah, like the the performers like do the final do the final two performances at the assembly. Oh, that'd be dope. And then the winner gets announced there. Oh, that'd be dope. That'd be wild. That would be like the craziest assembly you'll ever see. Yeah, that'd be wild. So we could do it um, throughout the week, leading up to it. Yeah. Just do like yeah. um, preliminary on on Monday, and then cut them in half Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, or we could do it over two weeks. I think we should do it a two week period to give yeah. us more of a stretch to work with the kids. Yeah, so we got we got to start promoting it now. Then start promoting yeah. it and get get interest now. Um, what do you think the number is gonna be like on that? I think we're gonna get like at least thirty five. Thirty two would be a nice number. Thirty two, yeah. So, because think about like kind of like a March Madness bracket kind of deal. Yeah. So it'd be like. And then we also have to like not only do we have to make room for the kids, we have to make room for like. If we did want multimedia production to come in here to film everything and put it in episodes, we have to give them space to yeah, do it too. For sure. So we should probably get on that. Like now. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. And we got Mr. Mountain Lion coming up too. So oh gotta... no! <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, you gotta show off your uh, Mariah Carey's your your dance skills, and then um. I don't have any of those. Yeah, you, you got dance skills, bro. I do. Yeah. Since when? Since always. <laughs> I mean. Nick's, Nick's going to be ready to do that in a couple of years with oh, his Fortnite dance oh, skills. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you know Fortnite dead, is dead. You know how dead Fortnite's going to be in two years? Come on now. Almost as dead as trap music in three. Facts. <laughs> you already here first. 2023. Yeah. Well, Bye. trap music's already kind of dying. If you hear how the culture's changing, like they're getting into more of like an actual art sound more yeah. than just like a... Vocal, harmony, melody. Yeah, like, er, like if you take Roddy Rich for example, like he's already yep, jumping into like the more musical side of everything and everyone's kind of following his footsteps. So he kind of took the charge into yeah, it's going to happen. Getting more of a musical output. I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. Neither am I. I'm excited because I'm tired of hearing When did Migos get here? All three of them. All three of them. They all sound the same. They do. I thought it was one person at first. Me too. I always thought I was like, oh, who's Migos? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's three of them. Three. I didn't know there was... I was like, I was like, I didn't hear a voice change at all. No. There's so much, there's so much effects in their voice. They all sound the same. Uh, they sound like Karen, like Plankton's wife. <laughs> this is uh, such, such a detour from what we were talking yeah, about before. Uh, That's so funny. Yeah, it's so bad, dude. It's funny, there's that um, hip-hop episode where Snoop Dogg's talking about it, too. Yeah. That's so funny, man. Uh, Snoop Dogg killed them. Just like... And it's funny, because they do that same... Mel- <laughs> he pulled up a picture of Karen right now. <laughs> but he pulled up... Um, he did, like, the voice, and it sounded just like them. That's super funny. Yeah, it's good. I mean, like... I'm never going to be the kind of person that like, dismisses a genre because or new music because it's new and it's yeah. not something that I grew up with. But I'm not going to like stuff that's bad. If it's bad, it's bad. It's bad, yeah. Like, if it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. Like, um, even with Travis Scott, like Travis Scott at least like went into like something that like mm-hmm. made sense. You know what I mean? Like the whole like he he went to full performer mode where like 
his stuff's like really high production mm-hmm. and then his live stuff is all about like just just energy and he's a great performer even though he can't sing like talking about the musical side of hip hop like i don't know if you heard of young bands of his song partner in crime but it, uh he kind of like he sings the pumped up kicks verse he's like but like i don't know how he didn't get copyrighted because it's like the exact same but like it's the music it's so like musically inclined like it's probably like besides that like it's probably the best hip hop song i've heard in a while that's good yeah i mean i think we talked about this numerous times that the people that still follow music and it being like with theory a little bit or being like or actual talent, music talent, talent yeah <laughs> or actually yeah. music yeah <laughs> like again kendrick lamar is not going to go anywhere jay cole's not yeah. going to go anywhere yeah. like they're yeah. there like nine piece band performances like it's it's yeah. It's good to see. Eminem's still relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Life is good. Yeah, it was Life crazy. Uh, did you see him come out at the Oscars? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no he one came no in. one knew. Yeah, he was I didn't I didn't think he was gonna perform anytime soon. That was wild. The dude came out full palms are sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> he did, man. Um which is funny because like there's so many people that are that are young that either it's so hit or miss with how kids feel about him. Yeah. It's uh, either it's it's mostly the kids who like mumble rap who don't like Eminem. Yeah, and I think it's also like their their dad probably listens to Eminem. Yeah, because like, I was driving around in my truck like bumping his new album. Oh, like, this I was. This, 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 this is such weird. a dad like, move. This is weird. Like, cause like <laughs> I remember being what thirteen, twelve when Slim Shady came out. Yeah, and I'm like, it was like all our parents hated it. Really? Like, yeah, Ken Kanaf. Like, it's just like. Yeah, so foul, like so foul, like we were like it was like rebellious, and now it's like the dad moved to bump Eminem. It's just a, it's a weird thing because he still says the same yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I remember driving down like the canals and stuff, and like next to the lakes, and my cousin used to bump it in his silver little Silverado pickup truck. He's got subs and stuff everywhere in that thing, and he just bumped it. His headliner's falling down off the roof. Bro. Well, like, we used to bump Eminem all you, the time. You should have seen my my Audi in high school. <laughs> I had a uh, two twelve inch solar barracks in my in my trunk those things pushed like 2400 watts dude his headliner was falling down i used to pull up to blockbuster when i worked there and knock movies off the shelf like literally i'd pull up when i wasn't working and just bump it was probably get rich or die trying it was uh, 50 cents first album and i would just bump whatever and i would literally watch the movies fall. your car wasn't falling apart no (laughs) that's crazy i mean yeah that german car man uh but yeah, I would watch my employee, uh, my coworkers get super pissed because they just <laughs> seem all falling down. <laughs> got to reorganize everything. Yeah, that's why they got Redbox now because of people like you. Yeah, some bad decisions in that company, man. Some bad decisions. But if they went to the streaming platform when Netflix came out, they'd probably still be. In or if they just, if they just, as soon as they heard about it, they would have jumped the gun for sure. They could have easily done it because they had so many contracts with Paramount yeah. and a bunch yeah. of other companies. But yeah, I mean. It's funny. It's funny to bring it up because it, it makes me feel old, like but in a fun way. Like I worked at Blockbuster. Cause, like, you, bumped, you worked Blockbuster. It was Blockbuster. Yeah. At least you guys no. know what it is. Yeah, still. I used to have a Blockbuster right around the corner from my house. Like it was probably like it was probably up even longer. It was like one of the last ones I closed because it was so big and it yeah. was like a whole plaza of Blockbuster. There was um the last one I saw was Napa like four years ago, and that one closed pretty much right after that. Yeah. And then they have what? Didn't they have one? That, is either one left or it just closed. It's in Alaska or it was in Alaska. Well, you know how they are with their internet in Alaska. <laughs> they pull up to the blockbuster on their snowmobile and <laughs> You're making some judgment here. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna trigger Sarah Palin. Um, 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> they just put some some snow in a cooler and call it a night. Yeah, you can see, you can see Russia from our house. But um, <laughs> it's funny, man. But yeah, I mean, I uh, think, I think. Uh, what, what what do you want to do for your next one album? Are you coming? Are you coming out with another album? I'm coming out with an EP next. Okay. So like all the new the new music you hear now is kind of like what I'm coming out with. Okay. It's gonna so that's be all like, gonna be part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's gonna be a five song EP. Okay. So we'll do a we'll do a breakdown of of that one okay. as well. I feel like that's kind of the kind of the move whenever you right. guys drop something. I don't know how long Alex's podcast is gonna be with eleven uh, tracks. Yeah. Mine mine is just gonna be the aftermath of it. So yeah. I want to release that before school year ends. I think all of you guys need to finish your stuff before the school year ends. Yeah, and then I'll get that out, like, as soon as possible. I'm thinking about, like, um, after I come back from spring break, I'll send it off for final review before I release it, and then come through and Good deal, man. Drop it. Like it's hot. Yeah. But I'll, I love my new music. I, like, I'm just... That's work, how you I'm should just, be. That's I'm important. Just, I'm just work, I'm just been working and working and working, trying to find, like, a sound that I like. And I think I finally got into... My you're gonna change again. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm gonna change again. Can, but you, but you I like changed. where you're at right now. Yeah, I like where I'm at right now. Um, right now, I tra- travel to the R&B side, but I'll get somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, maybe do a trap track. Stay EDM track. Keep keep evolving. Um, yeah, I mean, electronic music's not going anywhere either. It just kind of went back to its roots, kind of, which is Europe and festivals and yeah. a little underground. Which I mean. The cool part about that side of music, and I get—I don't, I don't think people understand this—is the, the technology behind it. Yeah. The technology behind that stuff is always going to be changing. The furthest, the, like they push technology. Like the people that make that stuff, like they're doing wild stuff with the newest plugins, like wild, wild engineering. And there's a lot of like, I mean, a lot of the uh, the Europeans, like Armin and Tiesto and all them, like they—they're very musically driven. Like mm-hmm. Avicii was like super musically driven. Like, I did you know. watch the documentary on Avicii yet? Uh no, you no I did it. not. You but uh, but like I get a lot of my, believe it or not, my vocal inspirations from Dead Mouse, because like you know how he like creates melodies. That's how I create my melodies in my head. Like I just start humming it, and then after that, after I have my melodies, I record those and then get my lyrics down. So like, taking inspiration from them is, it's huge. I mean, it's you don't have to make that kind of music to no. understand that. It has the classical side of how to make music. Yeah, it has a lot of value. And just said the tech side, like it's been that way since the beginning. Though, think about like the eighties. The eighties, all the dance music pushed tech too, yeah. with the synthesizers and everything else. So it's always been. I'm glad I understand it now than like than I would have later. Like if I would have waited to understand how synthesizers work and like sound design worked, I would be nowhere. Right. Yeah, now. I mean, you got to be on top of all those things if you're in your position. And maybe, um, maybe your final project for. Uh, before you leave is to uh to make an EDM track with this kid over here. Are you trying to burn me out? No. This kid over, no. This kid over here. Yeah, definitely. That would be a dope track. Get all of our melodies down in yeah. logic and Yep. I mean or you can create um sample based melody that you make so make your own sample machine. Uh, machine? You could with with Massive X too. Okay. Although Massive X doesn't have as many um Presets. Machine is not my stronghold. No, but he would make the melody. Oh, that's right. He's machine man. He's machine. He's machine man. He's Cheran, machine man. I wish Nick's face made a sound when he when he shook his head like that. I wish there was a sound of him too. Wow. 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 He's like he's like he's like 
You see, it's not funny. I'm not laughing. No comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Isn't no comment a comment? It is a comment. You plead the fifth yet? All right, I think it's time to wrap this yeah. thing up. <laughs> Before we start saying things that we don't won't remember saying. Or just being stupid, goofy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is it? What's the sign off again? Is it until next time? Until next time. Until next time. Something like that.